0: This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 virtual ticket presenting sponsor, Amazon Music. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming out at 10.30 in the morning after what I heard was a spectacular iHeart party last night. Uh, Kudos to all of you for getting out of bed, so appreciate it. Uh, I am Keith Reynolds, uh, founder and president of Spoke Media, and uh, uh, we're here to talk about how we manage teams with empathy, uh, something that's very important both at Spoke and ABF, and I hope uh, many other places around our industry. So before we get going, I am going to kick it to my colleagues here to introduce themselves. Uh, Wanda, you're up. Hi,
1: Wanda Reynolds. I am Chief Operating Officer at ABF Creative.
2: My name is Anthony Fraser, Chief Executive Officer and Founder of ABF Creative.
0: Anthony, I think your mic was out before you did your name.
2: Okay, I'm Anthony Frazier, CEO and uh, Founder of ABF Creative.
3: Uh, Hey, y'all. I am Carson McCain, she, her pronouns, and I am the supervising producer at Spoke Media, which means a lot of things uh, to a billion different people. But for me, it means that I manage our team of producers who are kind of doing the hands-on work um, along with our associate producers um, and sort of advocate up towards our leadership team. Um, and in addition to that, and relevant is uh, I am also an LPC associate, uh, which means I am a practicing therapist. Ooh,
1: nice.
0: Which, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, and also the purposes of just day to day life at Spoke Media, is uh, let me tell you, Carson, grateful, I'm grateful for it's all those useful. degrees you got. I
3: can <laughs> deal with a lot of feelings. I can hold a lot. Yes,
0: <laughs> Carson is is uh, also has. Uh, a semi-official title of human advocate at Spoke Media. We try not to have a human resources mm-hmm. department, but rather a human advocacy department. And that department is Carson. That's correct, um,
1: yes,
0: that's me. <laughs> so, uh, so we're here to talk about managing teams with empathy. Um, and you know, I think one of the reasons why we felt like this conversation was going to be so important is I think we all recognize across the industry how hard it is to um, deliver the excellence required for the money available, while also treating people like human beings, um, especially if you're uh, someone like me, who um, has everybody seen the movie Whiplash? It is. It was a traumatic movie for me to watch. I came up in that system. Uh, it's a little bit exaggerated, but not much. Um, and so I think that's not a unique story. Many people in our our industry have come up through systems that create excellence through. Uh, quite frankly, abuse and lack of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanna talk about how we change that and how we navigate that uh, in our industry. So I wanna, I wanna start off with, um, uh, Wanda, maybe we can start with you. And I wanna talk about managing a small team with overlap where you've got, you've got internal folks, you're bringing in freelancers, you're trying to, to make everybody everything work together and still treat people like humans. So how do you handle that?
1: For sure, um, I think the first thing is to make sure that everyone knows the vision of the company, so knows a clear vision of what we stand for, um, knows the goals, and also I think maybe culture too. Understanding the culture um, that we try to that we try to make within the company and create in the company. With freelancers, I think it's more so making them feel worthy. Um, as being part of a team Um, and for internal and, you know, more of our staple staff, I think it's just connecting and knowing, knowing people, uh, treating people like treating people like people um, and being, and being empathetic, you know, to, to their lives and, and, and making sure there's clear conversations on a daily basis where it, where we're interacting outside of what we're actually doing outside of our jobs.
3: One of the things we spoke about Early when we were sort of discussing this panel is some practical ways to integrate people into your system. Um, Spoke Media has a vocabulary list uh, that we send to anyone we employ of like we have a Monday morning operations meeting, we call it mops or capacity jamboree. And it's just useful to know those things. Um, They're silly, they're stupid, um, but it makes people feel like a team when they can be uh, playing insider baseball with you Mm. off the bat. Um, We also do things like talk about um, how important it is to um, utilize pronouns in your Zoom handle. Uh, You know, that's something we want to normalize as a company. So we have that as part of our like OG list that you get when you're onboarded to Spoke. It's not just, here's how you use Google Drive and Asana. It's also, you know, what are the weird terms that we use as a startup company um, that uh, we just started nicknaming the things that we do every day?
2: Right. And then, you know, Wanda actually introduced uh, a concept called Turn Up Tuesday, uh, which like, you know, just a a stand in meeting where every stand up meeting where everyone, you know, freelancers, uh, you know, internal staff, we all get together and we really just rally almost like a weekly pep rally around the projects. Of course, we still got to talk business. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a mix of both. Uh, But then also one of the ways that we try to make, especially like freelancers, Feel welcome in the company is through education, you know, because a lot of freelancers we work with, some of them are still trying to learn some of the new skills in podcasting and things of that nature. So we we have a really like, hey, ask us anything, you know, approach uh, for freelancers who come into the company because they, you know, they they have a goal, they have an ultimate goal, they want to be internal or they maybe they're there for a, a little while and want to learn a little bit of skills to move on to something bigger, uh, and so. We, we don't mind that, you know, we don't mind education. We learn from them. They learn from us. And so we always encourage like all of the different freelancers, internal, of course, but definitely freelancers. And I think that's a way for them to feel like, oh, wow, like they care about, you know, my future, you know, and even though I might not stay or I may stay, it still makes them feel like super welcome and it makes them feel like we're investing in them. And so that's something that we, we really take a lot of pride in.
1: And also with our freelancers, um, we also try to celebrate. So we know that internally and with our core staff, we, we're going to do different types of things um, to make everybody feel included and inclusive. But with our freelancers, I think it's important for us to make sure we celebrate achievements and yes. celebrate wins and also be compassionate when there are some, some pitfalls or some bumps in the road.
3: Yeah, particularly with freelancers, it's, it's useful to remind yourself, if you're a leader in a team, um, the, f- the first place I look for problems is, did I communicate expectations? Um, because if they drop a ball, it may be a ball I didn't tell them they were juggling. Um, so if you can look at yourself as a leader first, uh, what did I communicate? Did I accurately communicate these expectations? And then go to that team member, particularly freelancers, because a lot of the time this like the balls are implicitly uh, defined when you're working with the team day to day. But go to them with that open heart of, I may not have communicated my expectations accurately. Can we have this conversation?
0: Uh, You know, it reminds me of something uh, uh, one of my mentors, Carl Fried, always tells me, which is, you can't get mad at someone for not doing something that you didn't ask them to do. Amen. And I think that is an easy thing to forget when you're managing a lot of people. Because also, we've got great people, right, that do things without you having to ask because they just know, Um, and especially when you're bringing in new freelancers or even hiring new folks, you really need to, like, communication is so important, right? right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I come from the tech industry. And so like there's been plenty of times where we would work with developers overseas. And so they need intense documentation on what it is that you need them to do in order to get the result that you're looking for. And so I learned to over communicate, (laughs) you know, and it's it's annoying sometimes. But I'm I'm so unapologetic about it because you're gonna hear it three, four times and then maybe get some documentation on it or whatever. Because they'll they'll tell me, like there'll be a developer, I understand, I understand, and then when the product comes back, no, they didn't understand. So we we, we need to really go into it and and really like you said, let them know. Yeah, you know, exactly.
3: And and I don't know if any of y'all were at the panel yesterday. I'm obsessed with the neuroscience to grow your audience panel. If you didn't watch it, like go watch it, it's fabulous. Um, but they talked about you know creating secure attachments with your audience with over communication and documentation that's what you're giving your employees security that they know what their metrics are to hit you may have heard about this i'm y'all this fucking quiet quitting thing makes me so mad i don 't know if you' all have seen it um, but the, for real, so I'm sorry. I'm on a soapbox now. The idea is, uh, <laughs> the idea is, quiet quitting is what I think. Uh, only doing what you are expected to do and working at your pay grade, uh, mm. which I think is what human beings should be expected to do.
0: Uh,
3: and therefore, <laughs> over communication about expectations. Uh, gives people the security to know, hey, this is exactly what I need to do. Overwork is not expected of me. And therefore, I can take care of myself when I've done what I was expected to do.
1: Also check-ins. Hell I think yeah. those, those soft touch points um, during the course of a project or during, during the tenure of someone's um, time with a company, those frequent check-ins and not always starting with the task. Mm-hmm. So starting with how are you? How was your yes. day? How are the kids? How's your wife? You know, just starting with those soft touch points, being communicative, being personable and then sliding into you know what the what the actual essence of the conversation is. But those touch points and check-ins are really important.
0: Yes, got. So I have so many thoughts, and I and where this conversation is going to go without any of the bullet points that I put down here, because um, so I'm I'm thinking about so many things. Um, but one, so communication, right, is clearly so key. And you know, uh, one of our our EPs that spoke, um, jean Kastner um, uh, Also, a quick shout out to another EP that spoke, T.K. Dutess, and right there, rock star in the audience. Um, but one of the things that jan has talked about recently when advocating for her team is this concept that people get a lot more job satisfaction out of crazy hours that they know and can plan for versus unexpected things even if you're not working as, as many hours and so the more you can do to communicate to people like hey in two weeks we are going to have a hell week it's going to be crazy it, we, that we're going to be on deadline, so some things are backed up, we've got to make accommodations to still like make this thing. Um, but then after that, I need you to take a couple of days or before that, I want you to take a couple of days to prep yourself and like get your head right um, because we're going to be off to the races for that week. And like people appreciate that and, and, and it helps them to, to understand what they're getting into and you can get a lot more um, satisfaction out of that in your, in your life and job but um, I think even on the
1: back end of that when you have had a success Mm -hmm. and things have gone great and you've had a great week so what does that mean at the end of the week what is that touch point what is that congratulation and what is that rally um and I think that's that's essential one of the essential things in having a real dedicated team celebrating you Yes. We have and a- rock stars. Like you used TK TK's a rock star in my eyes too. So um, We're
0: just gonna make you- <laughs> this a TK panel. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when
1: you when you use the term rock star, you know that's identifiably a compliment, it's a salute, it's a you know, it's everything it needs to be, and it's so perfect. So when you use those when, and even when you said the vocabulary, you mm-hmm. guys you have your own vocabulary. Yeah. That the, all those small touch points are really great in making sure you keep that enthusiasm. Going in the team for sure. Yeah.
3: A very practical thing. We have a Brags channel in Slack. Um I like that. Yeah, it's oh, great.
0: Wow. Borrow that. Yeah,
3: Take it, sure. please. Everybody steal yes, that. Steal it. Put a Bragg's
0: I, channel in your Slack group right it now. It is
3: so great because if someone just does you a favor, mm-hmm. like covers for a transcript that you really mm-hmm. needed done, you can just tag them, throw up a gif and they feel great. And like you that. yeah, like it's it's such an yeah. easy intentional intentional way mm-hmm. to remind people that the little things that they do add up and really, really matter to day to day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like my little, my little Slack thing, uh, is trophies. Like I am the trophy emoji guy. <laughs> uh, TK giggling cause she knows. Uh, but like, you know, somebody it'll, it'll be like 10 o'clock at night and somebody will post and be like, Hey, got that, got, got this edit done. It's ready for mix first thing in the morning. And like, that's getting a trophy from me, like right away. Yeah. Like, like, you went above and beyond.
3: And then it's getting a slack from me, why are you still working at 10 p.m.?
0: <laughs> but right, so that's, the, so that's the next thing I want to yeah. talk about, right, is like, this is all well and good and wonderful, um, when you've got all the money in the world, right? <laughs> uh, you know, m- we don't have all the money in the world, Right, we're, we're 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 startups effectively. Both ABF and Spoke, um, you know, we're we're working within budgetary constraints, depending on what kind of jobs and what we've got going on. And like, you look at a lot of different production companies, and everybody is going through the same struggle of like. Right. I would love to have a full-time staff that I can give them benefits, and, and but I've got to hire a lot of freelancers because we can't have that overhead. Let me tell you, as a, as a company that has 20 full-time employees, that is a really hard thing to maintain on an ongoing basis. Um, And so we're always struggling at the nexus of like capitalism and humanity, right? Um, And like, I always love to joke that like spoke media is a place where you have unlimited vacation days that you can never take because there's (laughs) never time to take vacation, right? And so like, I don't have answers for this, right? Like we're all struggling through this, but I think the one thing that I do want to put out there in when we're talking about the the capitalism versus humanity struggle is that you need to pay people as much as you fucking possibly can. Mm -hmm. Like that is number one. And um, when you're not paying people as much as they're worth as you have to sometimes because you don't have the money, then you need to be going above and beyond to find other ways to make up for Mm -hmm. that. And on the flip side, once you are able to pay people the the uh, exorbitant amounts of money that you want to pay them, that does not give you the 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 free reign to ask for everything you could possibly want and unreasonable hours and ridiculous deadlines. And so, that's like that. I feel like that is just a constant balance that we're trying to figure out. And I'm curious, like, what y'all think about that?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, that's something that in we're at eight. Uh, um, and, and our team now, um, and so uh, let me also just take a moment to give Keith his flowers a little bit because uh, mentorship is, is is really big, and you know how I was able to kind of learn how to manage a team in general. And so, you know, me and Keith talked. To, you know, we met because we had the same agent. He was like, "Yeah, you guys need to connect on content," but I was like, "Keith, I don't know what I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing," <laughs> like. You gotta, and then he was like, well, nobody does. And so, <laughs> but he knew just a little bit. A good quote is, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And Keith was my one-eyed man.
3: <laughs> Amen so,
2: to that. <laughs> I, I was that like, on a t-shirt right. that I can't wear in public. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, for me, you know, that was really, really uh, helpful. You know, we, we do as much as we can. You know, um, we're, 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 we're raising money, we're a startup. Where we pay as much as we can, and um, and I think, like he said, what are those other things? And we talked. I talked about education earlier. That's something that we really, because that's who, that's who I was. I was like, I want to learn, even if I don't stay in this particular location. But if you gave me everything, they said, you know, don't you know, don't feed a water, don't feed a you know, don't give a horse water, Sh- show him where the lake is so he can f- drink himself. That's what I want to do. You know, for anybody that comes into Uh, ABF, Like, let's show them to the pond. So even if ABF is no longer in their orbit, they still know how to drink, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's just a really important thing for us to be able to do. And we're always thinking of new ideas, new, new, different, new, different um, ways to kind of provide value and make them feel uh, like they're, like they're getting their worth. And they're they're being valued but yes at the end of the day uh pay them as much as you can uh and i can't wait to give raises this fall for sure
0: amen well i want to like jump on something uh that you said there real quick um uh Nope. I was ready to jump on it. I was holding it in my mind. I let it go. Carson, go. Save me. Save me, Carson. I'll think about it. (laughs) Uh,
3: A couple of practical things that we do. I know Keith mentioned the vacation days. Um, One of the things we're really intentional about, because we know it's so hard to take a planned vacation when you don't know what your production calendar is going to look like in six months, um, is we we do a thing called reclaiming time. So if you worked a Saturday, you take a day off the next week Mm. or the week after. And your EP is bugging. You and I am bugging you. When are you going to take your? When are you going to reclaim your time? Uh, I need. You know. Can you take a half day? Can uh, and and another thing that I think um, it gets really Christianese, which I don't love, but servant leadership, um, I think, is so important. So when I say, when can you take a half day? When can you take a day off? can I do what needs to get done that day for you? Um, So it's important for me, like I came up as an associate producer, producer, I'm not too good to do a transcript. I'm not too good to do a first pass edit. I'm not too good to upload a bunch of files onto Box. Um, And if that's what you need done that day so you can get your time back, that's my job as a leader to impart to you and to give to you because that's what my status means, is that I'm coming behind you mm-hmm. to give you the benefit you need to do your job well and to not hate your life.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely want to, I think that's a really good point. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, Wanda has to stop me from doing things like editing and and things of that nature because she know I know how to do it. You know, I'm an audio engineer by trade, so I don't I don't do it much anymore. But you know, knowing how to do every job is important to me. I may not do every job great. Like I'm not gonna do Wanda's job better than Wanda, but I know how to do a job. I'm not gonna, you know, so I just that level of empathy is really important when you know building a team and, and really making sure that they understand, you, they know where, you, where you're coming from. So, I, So if I have to jump in, I'll jump in, you know, yeah. but you know, I won't.
3: You earn something yeah. when people know that you know how yeah. hard oh, it is sure. to do that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Like to say like, I know how awful this was, right. or to tell your like scar stories of one time I saved all the files in the incorrect space, and my poor engineer could not mix, and we missed a deadline. And like the number of times I've named things like, use this take in all capital letters, uh, and horrible things happened. So, yeah, those like scars earn trust. Yeah,
0: yes. Like, so. The, Anthony, the th- the thing that you made me think of earlier that I lost was I I, I really want to go back to this idea of sharing information and being very open. Like that is a thing that my partner Aaliyah really pushed me for in the early days. It spoke of like. There should be no tiered information. Right. There should be no secret information. Like everybody should be aware of as many things and as many processes and many techniques as possible. Um, so I think that is so huge to to lift people up to be able to go forward, whether they're with you or not, right? right? But it also helps within your organization. Of you know, you can step in, you can do this, whatever, um, and you know, it it also the 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 thing that this is a total non sequitur, but I'm, I'm thinking about it right now because the audio engineer thing, but I think it's really important to like a long time ago, I make a lot of notes it spoke. It's kind of the only creative thing what? I get to do anymore is make notes on episodes. Um, and uh, uh, I heard a lot, and it was probably three or four years ago and, and people started coming to me and being like, all of your notes are very proscriptive. Like you're telling me what to do in every single note. And now like I have learned to Be like, hey, here's my feeling on this. Yes. I trust you to, like, figure it out.
1: Suggestion. And then, like, (laughs) the stuff that you get
0: back, you're like, I never would have thought that's brilliant, you know? And so, like, giving people space to do their thing while Mm -hmm. still being there to, like, be in the trenches with them. And, like, the the last thing I want to say on this, uh, as painful as it is for me, so... Soccer fans, uh, you're going to love this. Everybody else, just stay with me. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Manchester United started the season 0-2. They've got a new manager. He sent them on like a 20-mile run as punishment. He went on that run with them.
2: Wow.
0: Uh, and then he beat my Liverpool 2-1 to on Monday, and I was cranky this week. <laughs> Nonetheless, I think it's really important to... Uh, uh, show your support for folks, like you don't want to be stepping in and doing their jobs and you don't want to be covering for them, but you do want to find ways to say, I am not too good to do a transcript and I am in this with you and and I am not in an ivory tower you know, sending down orders to the troops, right? And I think that's, to be in the trenches with people is so important. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that's one of the essence of having a startup that is really good is that we're always together we're always locking arms because mm-hmm. the team is always small yes you know yeah. what I mean and once we scale up you know I guess it'll everybody will have their wings and fly but <laughs> locking arms and being able to do that and one of the things um, I am want to piggyback off of what Anthony said um, or actually what Keith said about education Anthony said about education tomatoes in, in the, yeah, tomatoes <laughs> yeah, one of the things I love about Anthony's leadership um, with ABF is that he's Always always sharing information always sharing information. I don't know how he sleeps Because he's always looking at something. He's always looking at a stat. He's always looking at you know What's reflective of the industry and what's going on and it's never uh, it's never information Like you said Keith that's tiered like it's for, It's for all of us even if you don't consume it the way he may consume it it's still information for all of us, so I just I like that level of leadership, and I hope that I can I can continue to do that as well. I don't I don't think I read as much as I should, <laughs> but Anthony does, so he's got that that part of my back. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, we definitely in our team, we definitely all get educated on the same level, and I really I really applaud that. That's a good thing.
0: Um, I want to open it up for for questions here in a couple of minutes. Um, but uh, uh, before we, we do that, I want to talk just a little bit about, um, you know, managing a team with empathy um, uh, when it comes to gender and race and sexuality and a lot of those different dynamics. And I think I will kick us off by saying uh, you need to... to Number one is hire diverse people in leadership, like number one. like across all uh, uh, sectors of your organization, like you really, um, uh, uh, you do not want to fall in the trap of, great, I've got, a, I've got my, my straight white male friends that are in the C-suite with me, and now let's hire up, up a bunch of uh, women and people of color to work for us, because right. that's gonna work out great uh, for everybody. Um, so I think that's number one, is really be intentional about okay. your hiring, Hires, both yeah. freelance and full-time. Um, uh, And then from there, uh, I think it's really important to look, just being the straight white guy on the panel, um, I I think it's extraordinarily important to um, uh, 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 understand what you don't know and understand the broader um, uh, social dynamics of the world in every instance and understand that, The experience that you are having with a person one-to-one does not exist in the vacuum of that moment. It is informed by the rest of the world and your experiences and their experiences. And so you have to bring that awareness to every single conversation you have. So that's my two cents. The straight white guy is going to stop talking about this for a little bit.
1: Even age. Yes. We, We didn't discuss that, but even I think it's something to be said for having seasoned people on your team and yes. people who are still up coming up in the ranks I think that level of that through line is good and healthy um, for a company for sure
0: I, I think that's a great point about age too on both sides mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. Um, you know it's it's I think there's uh, plenty of, of instances of in a creative industry you know we tend to discriminate against older folks right um, which I think is an important thing to be aware of and like One of the things I struggled with early on when we made our first like big round of hires and Carson can attest to this is is it was just like these children. We have these children around and they don't know anything. And how am I going to like, how are we going to do this with all of these children? And and when you get again, not giving prescriptive notes, giving people room mm. to like express themselves. In, Cause you will get gems from people who right. have no idea what they're doing. And then you start like, there's a great old saying of like a baseball scout sees two guys run to first base they get there at the exact same time. One of them has perfect form, one of them has terrible form. Who do you draft? The guy with terrible form. Because you teach him the perfect form, and he beats the other guy to first base every time. And so I think that's an important thing to make space for. For sure.
3: Yeah. I'll say that um, the, the thing that I have learned the most in um, as, a, as a manager, I'm mostly speaking of um, people with different experiences than me, um, either gender experiences or racial experiences. Um, uh, I don't know what dynamics they're picking up on in a room. Mm-hmm. And so I need to be thoughtful and mm-hmm. considerate about what rooms they, not that they are In, not that they're like, I want everyone to have access to every room, but not everyone needs to be in a meeting with a client who is going to be uh, throwing microaggressions around, you know? And I may not notice those things, but my team does. And uh, it is my blind spot. And so creating a space, I have every two weeks, I have a one on one with every single person I manage. Um, and uh, they can cancel it, we can shoot the shit, we can talk business. Um, I'll come with things I wanna talk about, or we're just like chilling, talking about you know what we did last weekend. Um, but those access points allow them to have space to go, I felt really unsafe in this meeting. And I can go, heard. And then I can prove to people that my job is an advocate because I bring that to a leadership meeting and say, how do we protect our people? Is that saying they don't need to go to every meeting? Or is that saying I need to bring in Big white male privilege, Keith, to be a buffer there. Yeah. What do I need to be intentional about? How do we need to teach our clients to work with us in ways that we, you know, we will stand for and we won't stand for? Um, and and as a manager, creating a space to have those safe those ideas are able to be safely expressed uh, without a set. I have a very important thing to bring to you um,
1: right. is, is really useful. Also, um, let me just add this, and I know you're gonna go into questions. Understanding cues from people yes. is a real important way to really hone in on individual leading individuals. So one of the things that I did, I'm, I'm gonna say it was about two weeks ago, just out of the blue, I just noticed our whole week, our, our team of producers, all we did is meet all week long, just meet, meet. I don't know how we got anything done because it seemed like our whole calendar was just meeting, collaborating, huddles and all of this stuff. And I, that Friday, I think, yeah, the end of the week, Friday, I said, we're not having any meetings today. Mm -hmm. If you want to be heads down and, you know, strictly just do work and do your job, that's fine. If you want to take a nap, take a nap in the middle of the day. But today, we will not have any meetings. I don't really want to talk to either one of you on the phone today or (laughs) huddle, and that's no offense, but we need time to be able to breathe, to process. And I understood from my team that the week of jammed meetings was not good and healthy. Mm. By Friday, when we were in our morning huddle, everybody was just like, (sighs) coffee's not going to do it. Red (laughs) Bull's not going to do it.
2: A I mean, cigarettes not
1: gonna do. Yeah, it. I don't exactly. know. Whatever. It's right. not gonna. We just need to just be right yes. now and be able to process our thoughts and be able to do our job good without knowing that we have to look at the time clock. Yeah. Yes. So, understanding yes. those cues is really good mm-hmm. when you're managing the staff too.
3: I have one last thing, which is uh, the reward for hard work should not be more work. Uh, if someone <laughs> is good at their job. That's great, and don't give them more just because they're right, good at their right. job.
1: That's a good. Like no, a good get way. they
3: get, they meet their deadlines. Their time is theirs. Right. Uh, take a nap. Right. Amen.
0: <laughs> don't don't make a pie eating contest where the prize is more pie. More pie. Oh God. Okay. Uh, yes. It. Uh, any other final thoughts before we open up the floor?
2: Uh, you know, just in in terms of you know the racial dynamic. Uh, it's important that people like when we talk about, you know, making a multicultural company, um, you know, that's but that's in front of the mic and behind it. Yes. You know, and so it's just really important that um you kinda understand that. It's not just like, you know, hey, we're just making this kind of content, hiring any just owe anybody. Like we really want that to reflect in the content we make, you know, and the people that make it as well. And so uh, that's just really important because we definitely, you know, I definitely and we'd we, we be in a, a ton of meetings with companies who are filled with people who don't look like us, uh, but want us to create things. For them, for the audience that we appeal to, and so uh, them bringing us in, I think that's great. You know, mm-hmm. we want to come in, we want to help them develop that unique perspective that we feel like we can bring. Uh, but it's also they need to respect that, you yeah. know. And I think yes. you you wrote that, yeah. and I think you, you were gonna talk on that. But like, I think just building that in in the beginning of yes. the relationship with the company. Um, you know when you do client work with another company like building that in at the top is really important we made a lot of mistakes early on where and it wasn't it was just because we didn't know you know i mean like what's the work dynamic like would they respect these ideas would they respect our time would they respect you know the effort do they respect the fact that we have to also manage freelancers so some of the 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 decisions that they make at the top they're not the ones delivering those decisions. We are the ones delivering those decisions. And so that's always, that was something really hard in the beginning, but as we've been continuing to grow, we learn a lot more on how to manage that, but then also just legally manage it, you know, just, just from the contract get point, just from the beginning. And I'm gonna write this into the actual agreement mm-hmm. in the legal lease and whatever language you want to like TK was talking about it yesterday, whatever language you want me to spell it out in, I'm gonna mm-hmm. write it in that. So that way we all understand like hey, let's let's be respectful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yes. the decisions I make, it does funnel down to Wanda. And there's been plenty of times where she's like, Anthony, why'd you make that decision? Or why'd you say that? You know, and so Um, You know, I know that what I do affects them. And so I got to be really, really careful about the things that I make a decision on. Because, you know, like you said, how do you balance capital and humanity? That's something I'm learning more and more each day for sure.
0: Absolutely. Uh, We've got about eight minutes. Do we have any questions in the Chris? I got an audience plant right here. What's up? Yeah, he paid me to ask this. <laughs> no, uh, no, first of all, thanks for everything. Uh, empathy is one of my favorite topics of all time. And uh, I do believe that culture really starts with the leadership. Uh, but what is your best practices for when team members might not be having empathy with each other? How do you encourage that and uh, make it a, a, a place where there could be some growth and conversation? This is Carson's wheelhouse right here. This is
3: right my bag. It is so lack of empathy. My first question is why? What is the Mm -hmm. barrier that they may be having to have empathy? Because it's my assumption that everyone has the capacity for empathy and uh, there is only a barrier of entry to that other person. So my first question is, are they overworked? Because first thing to go for a lot of people is empathy when you're overworked. because you are worried about yourself and your safety and your security. Um, what is in my control? Uh, what can I help them see about the larger picture? What can I bring into them? But more often I'm asking, what's the barrier? Is it a personal barrier between these two people? You know, Is there something that's going on that they are expressing as non-empathy, but is actually they're feeling attacked by some microaggression that I can't put my finger on and that's unintentional by the other person. And then I blow it out to what is the system that allowed us to get here? What did our company as like spoke leadership creating the team because, because Um, the way we work is we have producers, APs, engineers, full-time, all of, and I do that tiered, that's not quite how it works, Um, and uh, executive producers, they're all working together and they're usually working with multiple people. So what did I do at team establishment that did not foster the empathy at the uh, greatest point that it could have? Um, And and then I uh, usually collaborate with their other team members of like, you know, EPs, I'll go to TK and go, What are you noticing about this dynamic? Um, and that's all before I have a conversation with them. And it's usually, and then, and then I lead the conversation with questions. What is going on? Do you notice anything happening? Very open ended, allow them to speak so I can listen and glean more information. Because most of the time, like I said, most of the time I think lack of empathy is just a symptom of some larger piece mm-hmm. that's within them.
0: Yes. Uh, God, I love having Carson on our team. Uh, do we have another question? Is there a question in the back? you just standing with the mic. Oh, wait, we have a question right here. Ew. Boom. Thank you, Alexa. Sorry, I thought you were waiting by somebody.
3: <laughs> Hi, I am Will Williams. Um, I work with Apollo Podcasts as well as Huck House Productions. Uh, we are at one of my productions. We're, we're a small team, and we are all summarily... Going through it, uh, when do you say, like, them's the breaks, we're doing as much as we can for empathy, but the work needs to get done?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm just going to really be vulnerable here. Um, yes. We had a, a, a really hard hit, um, almost two, uh, approaching two years ago in our company. Um, my father died. Yeah. and. I was devastated and I, I, didn't, I didn't know if, I didn't know how that would impact the team in the fact that we're such a small team and so many focal decisions are depending on one person um, to fan out to everybody else and I just, I needed empathy from everybody. and. I just, I don't know. And the team did a great job, was empathetic all the way, sympathetic, empathetic, um, just comforting. But it was something that I had as a leader in the company. I really had to come to grips with what happens when I'm not well. Like, and I I can't function. I'm not well. Um, I don't need to be making any really important decisions. I don't need to be doing anything that's real intentional to anybody else. So how did I handle that? And I just had to step back, understand and recognize my feelings, understand what impact whichever way I showed up was going to have on the company and just kind of process that and also be very truthful, you know, with my team and every day checking in with me, seeing how I was doing and also not rushing back into work. Being gentle with myself, understanding my feelings, processing, being able to dialogue and have that free time with my family, and being able to grieve. So, I mean, I, I hope that answers your question indirectly um, with the story behind <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but.
2: but one thing, give that further context. My mother died a month before her father died. So, we were both, at that time, clocked out. And so, that was, like, a really hard yeah. time, you know. because so you see, you know, she was like trying to help me grieve and then this happens and now we're like yo we clocked out <laughs> yeah like we just... well we don't like where's where's the company gonna go because <laughs> i can't I, you know i can't do it she can't do it like we're like you know and so that was like a really 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 hard time and, and it was at a point where we just got accepted into accelerator and they was like oh you need Lots to be going on you need to be <sighs> here five days a week and da, da, da. so wanda stepped in and then then that happened and then now i'm like well she can't do this no more so I, don't, I I can't ask her to step in no more so it was like a really 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 challenging time in general so yeah it was just it was just a really hard time but like, we made it we definitely made it through we had to be, we had to yeah. learn
1: to be gentle with ourselves though and Anthony and I both are like workhorses. We work, work, pound the pavement, pound the pavement. That's, you know, we come from the startup world and that's what you do. You just keep grinding until you can't or until you reach whatever goal you want to reach. And just understanding that the conversation in our minds to be gentle with ourselves, to understand we got great people. They know what's going on. They can handle things for for a while and having faith in the team. And I think, I think the team really appreciated that too, that recognition that I know you got this. While I'm over here dealing with what I'm dealing with, me and Anthony, I know you got this.
0: Yes.
3: Yeah, I think um, people like rag on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but I think it's really useful. Um, What, are they making it through their day? Are they getting sleep? Are they moving? Are they eating? Are they connecting with another human being that's not work? Um, Giving them opportunities to do that, then going, okay, we got we to gotta get the shit fucking done. Yep. And then how do we make sure this never happens again?
0: Yes. And I would, as we come up on 25 seconds here, the only other thing I would add to that is I think it's really important to understand what is a, um, uh, an assault on someone's humanity coming Amen. from a client or a project and what is just like, you're just an asshole who wants things too fast, right? And that, the latter you got to deal with, the former you don't. And five, four, three.
2: Thank you guys so much for coming.